Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. All right, Marketeers, thank you so much for joining me. Today I have on BJ Kramer. BJ is the president and CEO of MCFA and the host of the Inspiring People and Places podcast. Welcome, BJ. Hila, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Nice to see you. So before we dig into your story, could you just quickly go over what MCFA does? I will try to be quick. Um, <laughs> since, it, since it's a marketing podcast, it, the funny thing is like... It, marketing 101 is the riches are in the niches, but we are broad in both MCFA and the Inspiring People in Places podcast. So MCFA is a planning strategy, program management, construction management firm. We're a service disabled, better known small business. And we got founded in 2003. I joined in 2012. And we, we started out primarily as a department of defense consulting firm and have grown into transportation, infrastructure, healthcare, and we even dabble in private real estate development now. So we're, we're about 50 professionals as of today and continuing to grow. So that's us in a nutshell. All owners rep consulting services, no general instruction. Okay. And then the and podcast. Then, yeah, the podcast. When did we start it? I should know that offhand. I think we started in, we started practicing in January of 2021. We're 100 episodes in and the entire thought was, and, and maybe we'll get into this a little later, but there wasn't a podcast for our industry that I was like, I want to listen to this. And there's all of these cool projects going on in the world, all of these mentors I've interacted with that are like super smart people. I'm like, mm -hmm. why don't we have a podcast for our industry? Right. So I wanted to be true to our industry, but I also wanted to be true to myself. And I'm a pretty curious person that loves kind of solving problems and passionate about people. So it's really about highlighting people's stories throughout the industry. So mm -hmm. if any of your users or our listeners have CEOs or, or project managers that should be guests, let's get them in touch with me. Totally. So that said, how did you get started in this industry? What's your story? Oh, how far back should I go? <laughs> as far back as you want to go. I, well, let's start. I'll, I'll try to keep it short. It could go longer. Highlights are I went to the I went to the United States Military Academy at West Point. I majored in systems engineering, not civil engineering, like a lot of our industry professionals or, or hard engineering. Systems engineering more is about optimization and problem solving. So cool. th that's important to the backdrop because I'm a non-technical upbringing CEO in an industry that's pretty technical. Mm. From West Point, graduated. I, I became an engineer officer in the Army. I did three years of kind of operational deployments, route clearance type stuff in Iraq, always interacting with the infrastructure reinvestment people, but that was I was not involved in that. Came back, went to grad school through the Army, was supposed to go back to Iraq and had the opportunity to kind of self-advocate and network my way into a position with the Army Corps of Engineers. So even okay. on the public side, you can you can kind of control your, or you can at least try to advocate for yourself and control your destiny. Cool. So that experience with the Corps of Engineers 
I showed up as a resident engineer at 26 years old on a billion dollar construction program, never having been in construction. So again, I kind of got lucky or the opportunity to look at projects programmatically and baptized by fire on this mega military construction project. So I, I had no lack of mentors around me that were taking this young kind of in charge captain in the army, teaching me the ropes of both the private side and the public side. And from there, it's kind of the rest of this history. I met Michael Furman while I was on that project. Michael was the founder of MCFA. Okay. We kind of hit it off. He had a role for me really in the business development side of the company and I joined him as director of business development in 2012, and then I bought the majority ownership in 2018. And yeah, that's Very that's cool. how I got started. Oh, that's awesome. And so- I, I think what's important about, you know, there was a hundred people in the resident office for this billion dollar construction project. So what I learned then, and it's applied a lot to my career is really who, not how. Like, I don't have to be the smartest guy in the room solving every problem. This is a team sport. So it really comes down to finding the right people. And while I'm, I'm sure I, I could be competitive in a lot of roles in our industry, there's always this mindset like, who, who's the best? Who's, who's somebody mm. that absolutely loves and owns this part of the work? Um, so I've become very cross-functional. Like I said, I'm very curious. So I'm always learning, but I've, I, I guess I've never really become the expert in any one part of this. There you go. Well, I mean, I think that applies to any industry and any profession. I can easily say for marketing, it's pretty much the same. Like you're either sort of, you understand everything, you're a generalist, or you really specialize in one thing and we all have our strengths. So, well, and I, I think, you know, again, cut me off if this doesn't matter, but what's interesting about our business is we've grown broad instead of deep. So mm. whereas a lot of small businesses, they find a technical expertise and then they become, they, they're, they're an environmental firm or they're a, sure. they're a mechanical firm. We've kind of been like a problem solving firm, right? Like anybody that has problems inside of the built environment, vertical or mm-hmm. horizontal, public or private, like, Hey, if we can get along with you, you kind of see the world the same way we do. Our philosophy is help first and start solving problems. Very cool. So when you and I were sort of brainstorming this, one of the topics that came up was how AEC marketing is almost exclusive to marketing our firms rather than marketing the industry. And I think that's one of the reasons it was so important to highlight your podcast is because it sort of touches on this, but why do you think this needs to change? Like, why do you think the shift needs to happen between marketing a specific firm to actually marketing the industry as a whole? So there's a couple of reasons. And and first, as a owner of a Mm -hmm. company that will my primary mission to my marketing department is to drive revenue, right? So go bring in new work. right? And the industry has pushed that to be really proposals, right? SF330s, or they're trying to take the relationship out of the procurement process. And they just want it to be based on, you know, resumes and company profiles and past experience and maybe eventually pricing. 
Right. So I get that that's what most most proposed or most marketers in our industry are focused on delivering proposals and win rates for those proposals. Sure. I'm not taking that away, but I think that we need to do a better job as an industry because public, in particular, public AEC, public AEC is basically our nation's infrastructure. It's their facilities, it's capital projects, it's, and it's being funded by our elected officials. Right. right? Con Congress is approving budgets. Well, they spend all of their time fighting over every social issue and our infrastructure is the backbone of our nation. So we need to help make our industry more known for so many different reasons. One is we need to attract young professionals into our industry. Right. How do they find out about it? They only find out about it by what we talk about, right? Nobody's HGTVing the public infrastructure world. Right. Whereas the residential construction world is like, it's the sexiest thing. Chip and Joanna Gaines are talking mm -hmm. about their next flip. And I, I don't know what version of that we can create in our industry, but I think we have some of the coolest projects and there's that dirty jobs guy. I can't remember his name right now. He He's done a little bit of this kind of like highlighting kind of the dirtier jobs in the world. And some of that is construction, but I think we need to advocate more for the work that we do. So one, we can recruit in, recruit in new capacity, new people. Right. Two is we make the public more aware of all of the different public investments that go into just maintaining the infrastructure around us. If you ask a common person, what's yeah. public infrastructure? I, I don't know that they would be able to tell you what that is, right? You've got bridges, highways, you got... 5G or, or all of our internet capabilities, telecom capabilities, you've got hospitals and healthcare systems, you've got airports and, and multimodal transportation systems. And then the, the rest of the built environment, you've got all the utilities, like people don't appreciate that until they don't have it. Yeah. But a significant source of that is coming from public funding. So we as an industry need to do a better job one, making people kind of appreciate what's going on and where those dollars are going. Because whether you're far right or far left, or like most of us, some combination in the middle, public infrastructure should be above politics. Mm. They're going to argue about social issues all the time, but like investing in our public infrastructure, which enables the rest of our, our livelihoods and, and all commerce is right. a, a critical topic. So that's my challenge to us. It, and, and I think by doing that, the dollars will be bigger flowing to our industry. And you know, maybe we can then get into, we're growing the pie together as opposed to competing over, over the pie. So I think everybody should have that as part of their marketing strategy. I know that operationalizing your marketing plan and tactically executing that marketing plan is a lot driven at chasing RFPs and, and influencing pursuits. But I think we should all have a grander strategy of advocating for our industry. And I love this idea, mainly because I feel like I've had this conversation on a micro level with so many people, my husband included. And he, I used to work in proposals and he would love hearing about all the projects that we were doing. I was primarily aligned with water and we had a water bank project that was just so cool. And he's like, how does nobody know about this? And I have this conversation 
over and over with so many of my friends. And it's so easy to get jazzed up about these projects because they're really cool. Yeah. And they just sort of fly under the radar of everything we, else that's going on. We, the the other crazy part is from a from a professional standpoint, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm somebody who I, I what I didn't get into in my background was I took a year off after active duty before joining MCFA, not off. I was I was consulting to a house flipper. So I was even attracted to that world. And it's like, right. oh, I've done project management, construction management, and that's sexy. But like the big construction problems that we can deal with in the public infrastructure world versus the residential, don't get me wrong. I get excited about finishes and fixtures and new lights and all of that. Yep. But the like problems and the impact of these public investments are so huge and they're underappreciated. Yeah. Um, and I think we have to do a better job of putting those up on everybody's radar. So that leads me to my next question, which is what can we do as AEC marketers and leaders in the AEC industry to actively promote the AEC space? Like, what do you think that looks like? Well, I, I used HGTV as, as maybe a bit of a, a stretch example, Sorry. but and and I'm I'm currently kicking this around so everybody can hold me accountable whether we move this idea forward or not. But I I am guilty of perusing Instagram here you know now and again, and a lot of my feeds are around leadership or youth sports and and whatever. Some of it's HGTV DIY. Right. Why why don't we do a better job of? taking little clips of the stuff that's going on in our projects? Why don't we do a better job of taking highlight reels of, of junior and senior professionals that have, you know, I'm not talking lunch and learn, or maybe lunch and learn is the classic example, but you take the best 15, 30 second clip of that and you put it on Instagram. Mm. And eventually we create this ecosystem of advocating and, and some level of, of infotainment if I can use that term yeah, of what's going on, because I, I just, I think it was Peter Atia. I just was listening to a podcast of his and he talked, I, I forget exactly how they labeled these types of books, but he, he didn't call it pseudoscience, but he called it kind of like intro level science. And he's like, if those books don't exist, nobody actually finds out about neuroscience. Right. So sure. if you don't have, if you don't have that intro level, like, Hey, this is what public infrastructure construction is. Mm-hmm. You don't have people that have an appreciation for public infrastructure. I went to a public school, West Point, one of the best engineering schools in the world, but I was in the systems engineering department. So it wasn't rocket construction. It wasn't until I got to a Army Corps of Engineers military construction project that I had an appreciation for the wide breadth of professionals, white collar to blue collar engineered architect down to you know construction laborer all of the, the the work and logistics and people that make these projects happen and there's a ton of careers there so yeah. one we need to we need to be advocating for more investment and two we need to be advocating for for people joining sorry i got off topic my thought is there's some version of instagram or social media that we need to we need to improve in our industry. And again, that's that's kind of a B2C world from an yeah. advertising marketing standpoint. And 
our world is very B2B. And like I said, we want to take the relationship out of out of procurement because the public procurement departments want it to kind of be a, a blind evaluation. Sure. But at the end of the day, I think that that, that would really change the entire industry if, right. if we could make it a little bit more B2C-ish because at the end of the day, professional services are human beings and the public agencies are human beings and it really is people helping people. And right. the more we can bring the relationship back on both a local scale, but also as a, as a global scale of what our industry is doing, I think the more people will appreciate it by humanizing, humanizing the work that we do. Definitely. Yeah. So then what do you think prevents us from really marketing the AEC industry in addition to our firms? I think I, it's easy to get behind this idea, but then it's like, okay, time. where's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, the, the, I'm making a bet by having a podcast that there's some long-term ROI to it. Right. Um, and, and I happen to be in a position that I've got a 50 person firm and everybody kind of agreed with it. And we've had anecdotal evidence of it being, I won't call it a business development or lead generation tool, but it, it has definitely been a place where things I talk about mm -hmm. and then uh, things I talk about aspirationally inside of what we're trying to do in our company where those translate into some of our employees demonstrating those core values and a customer being like, wow, what BJ talks about, you guys execute. And then we find out, mm. wait, you listen to the podcasts? And you know these clients are becoming a bit of followers to us. Yeah. But I happen to be in a position where I get, I, I get to make that investment. And like I said, it's, it's more of a bet than it is an investment because there's no straight line ROI to it. It's, right. it's kind of this hopeful halo effect that if if we as a company, BJ as a leader in the company can become a bit of a, a thought leader in our space, mm -hmm. there's going to be a halo effect to our company. But really, I'm just testing the world and doing something that I'm curious and passionate about and getting to essentially have interviews with people that I like talking to and learning about. Yeah. Um, so outside of everybody creating a side hustle inside of their company, it's like, hey, I'm going to spend an extra two hours every day doing you know, social media marketing or, or Instagramming or whatever. I, I think that is the, we're, we're disrupting and or trying to innovate and reintroduce the relationship in a modern day way to the procurement process. Right. Because a CEO is only going to put dollars behind where they're going to see ROI. It's sure. like, hey, boss, I know you want us to do 10 proposals a week, but I was thinking maybe we could do five proposals a week and do 10 hours of Instagram and social media account management. And he's hmm. like, what? Why? For, <laughs> for, for an ROI that BJ Kramer said might exist 10 years down the road? I think that's what you're going to be up against. So- I think it's 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 on the marketing departments and on the leadership of the companies to realize that we have to make some of those investments in the fuzzy ROI world to continuously improve and innovate the industry and hopefully have a macro impact on um, 
our future talent pool and our public, our public officials, our, our elected officials ability to really articulate the value of infrastructure investment because they're getting hit up every day, all day on every social issue you can. And I don't care. I don't care what side of the table you fall on, on any social issue. That's they're, they're reacting to all of these emotional social arguments that are going on. And oh, by the way, are, are creating further and further divide, but I don't want to go down that. I believe infrastructure is this thing. It's literally the sticks and bricks that hold us together as communities, right? Communities don't exist without sewer and water and utilities. States Mm -hmm. don't exist. Country doesn't exist without the infrastructure as the backbone. So why do we have such a hard time advocating for, for paying for it? Yeah. Now you said something interesting there, and I get asked this a lot because I do sessions on podcasting and a lot of, I want to say like half the people that are in these sessions are attempting to start a podcast for their own company, which I think is great. What made you decide to go down that route? It was it just, you know, you really wanted to talk to people. I know that you said the reason you started it, but like as a CEO, is it just something you were willing to gamble on? Uh, hmm. So I, I started, I mean, I was answering kind of my own question, right? And I get ENR magazine. It's it's under some pile around me right now. Sure. <laughs> How often do I open it? Not that often, right? Mm. And or or sit down and read. So it's you know, I'll I'll admit I've become less prone to reading articles and more prone to listening to podcasts when I'm driving. So sure. I think it's a bit of the evolution of how we consume information. And Instagram is that infotainment pseudo intro to consuming the information. So sure. how do you get these quick clips that have a voiceover that are talking about like the basics of this big complex project going on in 20 seconds? Mm-hmm. And then that's the intro, that's the clickbait, if you will, to eventually having a lunch and learn where somebody's going to really learn about what that is. Right. So I am making a bit of a bet that if if we can get the word out there that a rising tide raises all boats, like I don't mm-hmm. need to be the only podcaster. One of my visions at the time was if I expect my company and our senior professionals to become thought leaders, I have to show them I'm not afraid to do it, right? Right. So if I'm the one demonstrating and leading from the front and we create this podcast that's this platform, well, now I can also hand that platform over to my thought leaders Mm -hmm. around technical issues, around projects, and and really allow them to highlight and get passionate about delivering. So some of that was was the case because I, I am far from... Donald Trump when it comes to, you know, uh, self-promotion. I, I, if, if you look at our distribution, it's probably the worst part of what we're doing. Our production's pretty good. Our guests are really good. Distributing and self-promoting is held back by me because I'm like, I don't want to be the guy out there talking about my company all the time. Sure. I was, I was about to make a social, social selling joke, but I, I will stay away from that. You know, like the, you know, yeah. the people that are just like all the time, social selling. I don't want to be that, but I do want to, I do want to try to be the leader that, that brings 
our entire industry together to this ecosystem that can really be sharing. So, and, yeah. and maybe that's where I go with this is again, a call to, to the marketeers out there. You know, if, if we can be helping make that easier and we just have this joint effort going on, maybe, maybe that's what it is, is everybody can just be contributing to this ecosystem of a bunch of good content because yeah. I have 50 professionals. There are firms that have thousands or hundreds of thousands of professionals. Mm-hmm. Like all of those stories and expertise need to get out there. And we need to find a way to pass on the retiring expertise. Like there's okay. people out there that are legacy, you know, bucket brains of intelligence and experience. And like that's got to get poured into the next generation. I am the next generation so that we don't lose that. And yeah. sure, we're going to have innovation and AI and machine learning is going to change means and methods in the construction industry at some point in time. But, you know, chat GPT is not building a building or listening to a client anytime soon about their needs and translating it into a built building, right? right. They're not taking superintendents and muddy boots off of a project just yet. Yeah. So let's say we fast forward like 20, 25 years, the AEC world has listened to this episode and is like, yeah, we're all on board. We all start tomorrow. And we've properly HGTV'd the AEC industry. What are some byproducts that you'd think would come from that? Like, what does that future look like if you could paint a picture of it? I think it looks like a more educated voter mm. and a more educated public official that you know realizes yes social issues are important yes we've got to we've we've got to understand the public's role in in all these social programs but hey everybody's kind of be around the the idea that public infrastructure investment is critical to our economy and our our way of life so I think that's one. I think two is our job market, instead of having a hard time filling positions, mm-hmm. you have people competing to come into our industry. Right now, we're competing with all of the other, I don't know if it's the coders and computer scientists at Uber or Facebook, or but engineers are going to these more tech-focused industries. And I think you know, we're, we're losing out on a talent war for our industry. So I think that that looks different. What else could look different? There was a time when public infrastructure was like art, right? Mm. Train stations were these public spaces that we invested like super money into the star architect that designed them. And now it's like, let's find the lowest bidder on this thing. Like, right. like I think we we if we do it right, you bring an appreciation for public infrastructure as gathering space for for community. Big time. And one of the episodes that I listened to from your podcast, I am horrible with names and I can't remember this woman's name, but you had talked a lot about value-based pricing. Mm. And June, it sort of ties Jewel. into it. Yes, yes. I and was going to say that if I feels had her like book it. behind me. I want to give her a shout out. 
She has a, she has a book. I'll give her a free commercial. Yes, finding 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 the lost dollars. So uh, yeah, value based pricing comes from that because now you're. <laughs> I think the lowest bidder is like the dumbest procurement methodology. Hey, I'm going right. to buy a new car. Let me go find the cheapest one I can find. Hmm. Like it doesn't make sense. Now, sure. low price, technically acceptable. Okay. I think that value-based pricing allows all of us to not commoditize our services, not commoditize the value that we create, but allows us to convince somebody of the value we're going to create. Look at the expertise I bring to the table. Look at the experience I bring to the table. Yes, we charge $250 an hour, or you know what? We don't even charge dollar per hour because we're going to do this as a firm fixed price. And because you're going to be a more educated buyer, you, Mr. Public Owner, you're going to, you're going to give us that job. And sure. again, again, we might get away from uh, the coopetition of like, hey, you want to be on a team so that we, you know, we, we just kind of, I think, I don't know the right words, but I think it improves outcomes across the board. And I go back to growing the pie versus fighting over, you know, our slice of the pie. Right. So then from a CEO's perspective, what advice would you give us AEC marketers? Take care of each other because I am not usually the person deciding who's going to be on our team for a pursuit or what teams we're going to get on. It's usually mm -hmm. my, it's usually my coordinators and they tend to put the people on our teams that are the easiest and most enjoyable to work with, which means they have good timelines and good project management skills. So take care of each other. Um, and I think, I think in general, the AEC marketing space does take care of each other. What other advice could I give you? Push, push your CEOs and your technical experts to put themselves out there. more. Mm. They are the experience. You, you are, you as the marketeer, you as the marketing department are the systems and the logistics to getting that experience out to the marketplace. And I know from our experience that like the professionals are busy doing their day job and they mm -hmm. really don't want to be bothered. And they're terrible timelines when it comes to the marketing department. Find ways to make it really easy to get their story out there. While you're interviewing somebody on a resume update or a project update, record it on Zoom and then take that little clip and put it out into the into the world and see where like you're capturing their experience anyway. Tell me a little more about that project mm -hmm. and then let them get excited about that project because as much as they don't want to be banging on a keyboard, updating their resume for the seventh time this quarter, because this pursuit is a little different than the last six. Mm -hmm. They do, they, most professionals are passionate about the projects they've been on and the experiences that they had and, and like the, the traps that they fell into and sure. how they, how they got themselves out of it. Or, you know, all of these things are, are that legacy knowledge that you can grab and then start distributing in different platforms. And if you take something like a proposal that you're preparing for, and you kind of, dual use the content for other purposes, that might be the best way to do what we're talking about. Perfect. Yep. I love that. I, <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because that's sort of my philosophy with thought leadership in general is just take something that you're already doing 
and find another use for it. Yeah. Because what people talk about is fascinating. And you and I both know from interviewing people that like everyone is super interesting. You totally. just everybody's to got the a right great thing. story. Yeah. 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 And 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 that goes back to you know the pseudoscience or the infotainment. Most people don't watch sports for the one minute. I'll call the Olympics, the one minute swim race, right? They're watching the human element of like all of the work that Michael Phelps put in to get to that race. If you're watching the Super Bowl, it's about, you know, this guy's kids and people love stories. And Mm -hmm. if we can use those stories to get the message out there of all of the great work that's being done to maintain our, our national security and our public infrastructure that supports our national economy. Like, wow, we put a lot more to everything that everybody's doing every day. Um, and it, it turns it from transactional behavior to transformational behavior. And, and that is what I'm all about. Perfect. Well, if our listeners would like to get in touch with you or learn more about your work, where should I direct them? I am active at times on LinkedIn. So they can, okay. they can get in touch with me on LinkedIn. My email address, I, I do my best to get back to anybody that e- emails me. So B Kramer, K-R-A-E-M-E-R at M-C-F-A global.com. And I'll send you all of our links. So you can put them in the show notes. Perfect. Oh, and then inspiring people in places podcast. Listen. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really liked this conversation and I think it's, it's a refreshing take on AEC marketing that I haven't been able to explore with anyone. So I appreciate it. Well, thanks for giving me the platform. I enjoyed it as well. All right, Marketeers, that is a wrap on this week's episode of the AEC Marketeer podcast. Thank you all for sticking around and especially thank you to BJ. I've been sitting on this episode for a while while I recovered from having my second baby girl. So I appreciate all the patience. Um, As always, if you're enjoying this podcast, I would encourage you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every other Wednesday, and we will chat soon.